Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Dr. Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Chan Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult. Be sure to visit primed.com slash podcast after the discussion for more information about today's article and to claim CME CE credit. Dan is a 56-year-old male with a history of gout, presenting with a two-day history of a painful swollen right knee, which started after he spent the afternoon at a local brewery with his friends. His last gout flare-up was about four months ago, which was managed with a short course of oral prednisone. Prior to that, he hadn't had a flare-up for a couple of years. His medical history is significant for hypertension, for which he takes chlorothaladone 25 milligrams a day. He has no known medical allergies. What treatment should Dan be offered today to help manage his symptoms? Hi, this is Frank Domino, and joining me today is Jillian Joseph, physician assistant and clinical instructor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the UMass Chan Medical School, and assistant professor in the Department of PA Studies at the Massachusetts College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences University in Worcester, Massachusetts. Good morning, Jillian. Good morning, Frank. Thanks for having me today. Thank you. Uh, gout. Gout flare-ups seem to be occurring more, more commonly. Um, let's talk about options for managing acute gout. What's, uh, what's the best medications? Yeah, I always think about how do we help our patients feel better soon when they have acute flare-up of gout, because it can be so debilitating for them. So good news, there's a few options available. So we know that colchicine, NSAIDs, or steroids, whether they're oral, intraarticular, or intramuscular, are all appropriate choices for first-line therapy. And American College of Rheumatology strongly supports choosing one of these anti-inflammatory options for first-line therapy. But how do we choose? It's important to individualize treatment for your patient. So for Dan, he's taken prednisone before. So if he doesn't have any new contraindication and he tolerated it well, there's no reason not to use it again. But if a patient has contraindication to prednisone but can tolerate NSAIDs, then that's perfectly fine to use. And it's also feasible for Dan to see a provider for intraarticular steroid if that's an option too. So if we're going to use colchicine, we should use the low-dose option, so 1.2 milligrams immediately followed by 0.6 milligrams an hour later and 0.6 milligrams daily thereafter until resolution of symptoms. It's proven that there's no benefit to using higher-dose regimens for colchicine, and it just gives patients more side effects anyway. NSAIDs are best for younger patients who have no significant comorbidity, so this could be a good option for Dan. And we would want to choose indomethacin three times a day or naproxen twice a day. Different NSAIDs appear to be comparable at full dosing, so even if he just has ibuprofen at home, he could use that too. Okay, so we've got him, we've got him treated for the acute pain, but this is his second flare-up. Is he a candidate for urate-lowering therapy? Yeah, so Dan should be started on urate-lowering therapy. So American College of Rheumatology recommends for patients with two or more flare-ups in a year that they be started on urate-lower therapy. Excuse me, urate-lowering therapy. Um, other reasons to initiate urate-lowering therapy are if the patient has tophaceous gout or there's radiographic evidence of joint damage. 
If uric acid happens to be checked during a first flare-up and is over 9 milligrams per deciliter, then you would want to use some shared decision-making tools to decide whether or not to start urate-lowering therapy then, because having the urate uh, level over um, 9 milligrams per deciliter makes them high risk. Other high-risk patients who would benefit from having a good discussion about whether to start this therapy include patients who have urolithiasis or um, stage 3 or greater chronic kidney disease. The other thing to note is that um, ACR recommends starting the urate-lowering therapy during the flare-up rather than waiting until resolution. So as long as the patient is also on anti-inflammatories, which Dan is, then the addition of the urate-lowering therapy won't cause worsening or prolonged symptoms. And allopurinol is recommended as the first-line option here with dose adjustments every two to four weeks to reduce the serum urate levels to less than six. Just a quick thought. Do I still have to wait before initiating urate-lowering therapy, or can I do it on the same day that we initiate the treatment for the acute flare? Yeah, you can do it on the same day as long as the patient's also on anti-inflammatory medication. All right. So um, what if he can't take allopurinol? It, some people just can't. Yeah. Even for patients who have CKD stage 3 or greater, you can dose adjust the allopurinol. So it really can be used for pretty much everybody, with the exception of some people who are of Southeast Asian or African American descent. They carry an HLA allele that predisposes them to a hypersensitivity reaction. So it's worth investigating a little bit and maybe with some genetic testing before starting therapy for that class of uh, patients. But if it's important to note that the prevalence of the allele does vary significantly within geographic and ethnic groups, so really important to use your shared decision-making before going down that path. Um, the other xanthine oxidase inhibitor is Euloric or Febuxostat, but its use is limited for patients with cardiovascular disease, and there's also studies showing increased all-cause mortality for that medication, so we want to be cautious. Probenicid is also an option, but it's minimally effective. And then there's an infusion medication, uh, which is um, Cristexa, which breaks down urate, but it's quite costly, as you might imagine, and does have adverse effects, so it shouldn't be used first line. So pretty much everybody who needs urate-lowering therapy should take allopurinol unless they're really not able to tolerate it. Okay, well, I think that covers our, our pharmacological regimens. Um, what about other recommendations we can offer Dan, including lifestyle? What should he be doing differently? Yeah, so lifestyle modifications, we know that weight loss can reduce flare-ups, and so American College of Rheumatology does conditionally recommend um, that for sure. And then in terms of dietary changes, they do conditionally recommend limitation of alcohol, purines, or high fructose corn syrup. But it's important to note that there's low or very low certainty of the evidence behind that support. But that being said, if patients are able to consistently identify triggers for their flare-ups, then of course it's reasonable to avoid those triggers, right? Um, I think it's important to note that they also conditionally recommend against vitamin C supplementation for patients with gout, regardless of disease activity. 
Uh, as an adjunctive treatment, they do um, recommend ice because it can be beneficial when compared to using no adjunctive treatment. And then when we think about other medications that might be contributing, especially for Dan who takes chlorothaladone for his hypertension, we might want to swap that out to Losartan. Chlorothaladone is a thiazide-related diuretic and thiazides and loops can increase the urate levels. The other thing that uh, comes into consideration often is aspirin. So if patients are on aspirin for cardiovascular disease prevention, then they should continue that even though aspirin can raise the urate levels. Wow. There's a lot to do for Dan besides what we were initially talking about treating his acute issues. I agree with you. Getting him off the thiazides, probably a good idea, even though I love them. And having him change his diet. While I know the evidence is, is fairly light on things like purines and high fructose corn syrup and alcohol, certainly making changes in those in those fact, those areas will help lower some of his other risks as well. So if we can identify triggers, we should certainly support limiting them as much as possible and just reinforce healthy lifestyle. Jillian, uh, this is a nice summary of how we should best approach uh, acute and chronic gout, and I appreciate you reviewing it for us this morning. Thanks. Thank you. Practice pointer. Providers can start urate-lowering therapy during the second gout flare-up in one year without worsening that risk of the flare-up. For acute treatments, low-dose colchicine, NSAIDs, and steroids are similarly effective. Join us next time when we discuss groundbreaking new data on how to manage chronic back pain. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, visit primed.com slash podcasts and see you next week.